Hello and welcome back, you beautiful, beautiful people that I call strippers. Um, we are back here with another episode. Today is a little bit different. We're going to be getting our like super soul Sunday on, if you will. We are joined today by Miss Michelle Loud. Michelle, tell the people hello. Hello, hello, hello. Um, in case you are wondering, Michelle has or is the mom behind the hashtag bringing Jason home. Um, she has been through a rather interesting custody battle, um, if you will. I hate to even call it that, but that's where we are. So we're going to start at the top. Um, just an acknowledgement of cheers. Michelle, you could be here telling your story with anybody on the podcasting internet, but you're here sharing it with me. And so I applaud your courage and I appreciate you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Yes. What the people don't know is that we've been in contact pretty much since your story broke. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, uh, what? <laughs> like, I came across Nosy Bystanders was the first person that I saw cover the story. And it's like, you know how you listen to something and you're like, because what the fuck did she just say? <laughs> right. I was like, let's, let's listen to this again. Yeah. I um, wasn't in your live because that, that's how it started on the internet, correct? That's how I started. I, what happened was how I even just, cause I've been speaking out about this matter um, publicly. I just never put a name on who I was fighting my son, fighting for my son against. So I just want, I, I say that every time I do the interview, but I have to keep saying it cause people run off with the idea that I just came out five years later trying to fight for my son and that's inaccurate. Mm -hmm. I've been fighting for my son. I've been publicly fighting for my son. I just never publicly put a name on who illegally adopted my child. So uh -huh. what made me just even come out and put a name on it is when, see, I had got wind of Brandon um, being accused allegedly of sexual assault um, mm -hmm. against him. I got wind about that before it hit the internet. But we didn't okay. know when, when, when the word came to me, I didn't know. It was just like he was accused. It wasn't told if it was a child you know what I'm saying? If it was gotcha. like they're trying to accuse him. So now for the people listening, let's just take a moment. Michelle has a son, Jason. Jason is currently living with Cora Jakes. Bra Brandon is Cora Jakes' um, ex-husband. Hey. I don't think they uh, did the divorce officially go through. Um, they're in the process of separating. They have. Next a divorce decree that says they're divorced, but we cannot find that decree anywhere in the system. So, um, okay. Well, Brandon yeah. is, or was Cora Jake's 
husband yeah. at the time. And again, Jason is who you see on the internet as Cora Jake's adopted son. Illegally. Just to, okay. Illegally adopted son. But just to, to round it out so that the listeners know who we're actually talking about. Yeah. So you get wind of the story of Brandon that he's being accused of allegedly assault, sexually assaulting someone, but you don't know if the someone is a minor or an adult. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if it's true, right? And um, at that point, I don't know if it's true. Once I found out, was he was arrested? See, because in my mind, the way my mind works, well, you can only be arrested if they have circumstantial evidence, so mm -hmm. it has to be true. So once it came out that he was arrested, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was charged. He's in jail. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and then I was overfloated because it's like a lot of people knew who I was talking about, but the world didn't know who I was talking about. So my inbox began to be flooded. My phone started ringing off the hinges um, once Larry Reed put out his story mm -hmm. about the Brandon the, being locked up. When that hit the internet, my phone, and I'm telling you, I didn't understand why people, like people I hadn't heard from in years, you know? Inbox, mm -hmm. message, phone just ding, 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 and I'm asleep. So I wake up to all of this chaos on my phone. And then I find like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? So I open it and then I'm like, so it's true. And then I immediately was bombarded with all type of emotion, discomfort, questions. Like I immediately went Absolutely. into protective mode, like my son, like, okay, so, um, is it sexual assault against my child? Is it safe? Like, like, all it said was continuous sexual assault of a child. So it could have been my child. So it could have been. And then later on, I found out, like, the accusations are against Amari. Like, he was assaulting Amari. And that just. Amari, for the listeners, is their adopted daughter. Daughter. Uh, yeah. It how could it how, how could it not do something to you? It did something to me that I cannot even explain or put into words because mind you, I have four of the children in my home that I'm raising, that I take care of, that are my kids. And they have never ever had to experience anything like that or even being in a situation, predicament, circumstance. Let me tell you something, my kids didn't even go to daycare. <laughs> my mama watched my kids for me when I had to or do something because I just Same. don't play with it. <laughs> My kids have never met another man outside of their dad. Well, and currently now the, the um we call him Mr. G. Well, they call him Mr. G, the guy I'm dating and talking to now. Outside of that, they have never met another man that I've ever talked to every day. I just don't play those type of games. So for me, it was just like, number one, flooded with emotion. Number two, I wanted to... <laughs> knock some shit over and then number three mm -hmm. i was like that's it 
that's it. You know, I'm sick of trying to do this the nice way. I'm sick of trying to do this behind closed doors and I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm sick of these people being able to get away with what they're doing and not being held accountable and not being held responsible for the wrong things that they do. And they, they're on this platform and on this pedestal, you know, but people really don't mm -hmm. fucking know. So I was like, fuck this shit. And that's no. why I put an name on it. I, I, I can't, I couldn't take it no more. It was nothing else that I could take. After that, it was nothing else that I could take. It was nothing else that I could hold. It was nothing else. It was the that straw I, that broke the camel's back. It, it was officially it. too. I gotta get back. So let's let's go back to the beginning. How do we even get to a point where there is a straw that can break the camel's back? How how were you introduced to Cora? I've been on Cora. I've been on Cora my whole life. I've been on Cora since I was 10 or 12 years old. Um, we grew up at the church together. We were best friends. Like, this is not a random person. This is not somebody that I just met. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been knowing mm -hmm, her mm -hmm. for, for almost over two decades. I'm 33. <laughs> so, I've, I've been... You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm... I know Absolutely. her, I know her sister, I know her brothers, I know the aunties, the uncles, some of the cousins, like, know them, know them. Um, so let's be clear on that. I'm not just an outcast or a random person or a person trying to look for clout or fame. Like, nah, I know these people. So um, fast forward to the year 2014. So I met core and probably like um 98 1998 okay. oh this sounds so old coming out mm. don't say that it's not old because i'm 32 so if it sounds old then we old <laughs> no mm -mm, mm -mm. 98 okay but, so, so you were eight yeah like yeah 98 99 around the area so we're gonna fast forward to Just for context, that's like fourth, fifth grade. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That long. I've been knowing her that long, okay? Um, so I know all the friends. I know the ones that have come, the ones that have, go, that have gone. I know the ones that are around just to be around. I know the ones that are really, for like, yeah, anywho. So um, we're going to fast forward from... 2000 because I think that can go without being said. I've been knowing her my whole life. We met at the church. Mm -hmm. Became friends and we remained friends up until 2007. When 2000 and in 98, 98 the Potter's House isn't the Potter's House that we know today. It's not mega church Potter's House in 1998. It's not a mega church then. It's known. Okay. I want to I make it but, like but not a mega church. It's not a mega church. It grew over time to a mega church. I say probably about 2000, 2001 um, is when it really started taking off into this mega, mega church. When Bishop started building 
on to the church, like the new sanctuary, what we call the big church. You had the big church and you had the firehouse. Before it was the firehouse, it was the fat house. And then we used to have you church outside of the tents. You know what I'm saying? That's how my mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. was a <laughs> we went from tents right, but to I just the want train. to make it known that make the accessibility. Yeah, now if you come from a church, my old mega church used to be a storefront, so I understand. Yeah, but I want to make it saying? clear clear to the people yeah. that this is not the equivalent of walking into the Potter's house today. Like, and then right. being like, oh, I, I hang out with such and such as kids. This is right. smaller well, I form. Tra- I was there when in the in the trenches when we was out in the in the tents outside when when no members orientation used to be outside in the tents when you know what I'm saying before it was the big church before it was now it's this the glitz and glam like so before it was all of that you know we were members of the church you know we um we're a part of Revelations, the youth dance ministry started. Like, we started ministries. Like, girl, I know these people. Um, So, (laughs) this is 2007. She was allowing us, when she got in trouble, to make it seem like it was us and not her. So, to her parents, we were bad friends. But in actuality, it was you being a hoe. It was you running around. It was you lying. It was you driving state to state to go meet other guys and just, you know, it was you. We was just, uh, we was, we were being down as friends, you know, going with you with your shenanigans, you know, but it was never. But you weren't initiating the shenanigans. Never. We we even would tell her, like, girl, you don't need to be doing that. Why you chasing behind this? Or why you doing that? You know your parents going to get you. But not even realizing, not even knowing that, you know, when we will come over, the reason why we'll get those dirty looks and dirty stares, we, we did, didn't know. How I found you're, out because you're the bad oh, friend. <laughs> we're the bad friend, but we don't know that we're the bad friend because we know that you're really the one that's doing all this shit. You know what I'm saying? That initiating you really are. Because <laughs> see, my mama whooped my ass. Okay, I got, <laughs> I got my. Okay, and I never was the child that liked getting whoopings. In fact, I was the telltale. Like you. I'm not getting a whooping for you because my mama hit hard and that leather hurt and I don't want that. So I didn't I didn't do those things. But you know, when you grow up and you don't get built to ass, you know, you are more wild of a child when you have access, like they lived in their own house on a property. Bishop them never really came over. You know what I'm saying? They had what? a lot of access to do a lot of things. Yes. So yeah, I'd be uh, wild too if I had my own house on my parents' property. How would you stop me, actually? You you fourteen and <laughs> fifteen years old on vehicle, like come on, like you like yeah. they're like how the celeb children live in Hollywood. They were living that life like that in Texas. So 
Um, I just got tired of always being the bad guy when I was the good guy and I was not doing anything wrong and I was always trying to encourage her to do the right thing. Always just trying to be a friend. I was always a friend to her. I was never an enemy. I always had her best interest at heart. I loved that girl like she was my sister, okay? And to the point where I would always try to tell her like that ain't your friend you know how you got that friend that can mm -hmm. see that ain't your friend this bitch just want to be around because x y and z you know what i'm saying i was her friend i was her confidant okay i would go to war and i would beat up somebody behind her that's how much i loved that woman our friendship our sisterhood but at a certain point i can't keep taking bullets for mm -hmm. you and you won't be accountable and responsible. Okay, so I was just like, I'm just finna, you know, walk away from this friendship. So that you was between two thousand friendship. Hey, right. And back then she wasn't this master manipulator. She was a liar. But she wasn't the master manipulator that she is today. Uh so um Fast forward from 2007, 2008 to 2014. 2014, now, go ahead. Look like you're supposed to say something. No, I was going to ask, was she a liar simply because she was doing things and then lying to her parents? Like, oh, she that's was Michelle just a and liar. they getting oh, me in that? Or were there... <laughs> Michelle. No, she was just a liar. <laughs> she was just a liar. <laughs> we all know somebody like that. <laughs> You know I, I knew somebody that would just lie. Yes, it was just lie. You just lie for no reason. Like, girl, I can't even get into the stories that she lies about. Like, she's lied about being raped at her uh, father's gala or celebration that she was raped in a bathroom and the clothes was ripped all off and beaten and she came through walking and nobody even noticed me and i'm just we just sitting there like nobody noticed you nobody nobody like it's extravagant stories it's just but then was there ever proof to refute to refute that that didn't happen or was it, it just was, a feeling on it, your part? Like, listen, all of these parts not adding up. It was not no proof it. It, was, it was no proof that it happened. It was no proof that it didn't happen. It was no proof. It was just a story being told over and over again with, with no proof. You mean to tell me you walked through a gala after being raped, beat up, bruising, clothes ripped off? At your father's gala, which means your father was there, your mother was there, your sister was there, everybody's there, and nobody noticed you? Nobody nobody saw you? And you're walking through the gala from the bathroom? Nobody saw you? I mean, did you use one plus one equals two, just context clues. There's no way you are the daughter of Bishop Thomas Dexter Jake Sr., and you're at his function, you're at his gala, he's there, your family's there, security is there, come on now, Uncle Sean. I was just about to say, 
Nash churches move different, so there's security for sure. There's security. There is security. They have their own personal security outside of bishop security. Okay, so Uncle Sean at the time was Bishop's head security guy, okay? So you mean, and Uncle Sean don't play about it. That's that's Uncle Sean, who was married to Lady Kim. Auntie Kim is what we call her. They don't play about it. There's no way, love. But you know, we knew she made extravagant lies, so we'll just let her go. We'll just let her go with her lies. You know what I'm saying? At that point, we had been told so many different stories so many different versions of the story we just you know how you know it's just when you know you know and mm-hmm. you just you know you just, you're just like okay okay, okay girl like <laughs> I'm gonna you, you know what i mean and it's a lot of people that can verify this rape story that i'm saying okay it's a lot of people who were in the room when the story was being told over and over again so uh, it, it's not just me who knows this story. And I think it gives relevance to how Brandon is locked up today. But that's another topic for another day. Um, so yeah, It really so, is because, my God, we know that story. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just severed ties. It was just like, you know what? This is not something I want to do. This is not. And it really happened after we came from Kentucky. And and we went to Kentucky to meet a guy that Cora found on the internet and had been talking to and, you know, got in a relationship with and she wanted to see him. So we, me and Ashley, we were not going to let her drive all the way to Kentucky by herself. She told her mom that it was, uh, she was had a nannying gig because she used to nanny. And it was okay. a weekend gig, and she had to stay overnight because First Lady had shut down the property from Cora having visitors. Because mind you, Sarah is not living there anymore because she's married to Robert. Um, so it's only Cora. So she had shut down the property from Cora having visitors because she was sneaking. Rightfully so. <laughs> Right. So she shut it down. So Cora got how Cora got out of it was saying that she had to go do this nannying job. Well And now this Cora, is two thousand and eight, correct? Yeah. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Okay, so you guys Cora, Okay, so you guys are seventeen, eighteen. Yes. So Cora, uh, I guess doesn't realize it's a GPS tracker. I don't know why she would realize, being that she's the daughter of Bishop Thomas Dexter Jake Sr., but she should have known that it was a GPS tracker. So once you go over, once you go I'm over, never going to be able to call him T.D. Jakes. It's always going to have to be his home Thomas name. Dexter. Yes. Once you go over like 75, 80, miles per hour, it activates the GPS, the family GPS. Mm-hmm. And Cora is a speed demon. You know, she feels like she has to get everywhere really, really fast so she can get back home really, really fast. So, I say we was there by day two. Day two, 
uh, Sarah had been calling my phone and Ashley's phone, not getting a response. So then she sent the email to Cora's, to Cora, because back then that's when, you know, texting wasn't how it was. Now, you know, you sent the email like that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is on the Blackberry child. (laughs) Yes. So she sent her email like, you need to call. We know that you're not at a nanny and job. We know that you're in Kentucky. So we ended up talking to Sarah or whatever. So talked to First Lady. First Lady basically told her she needs to get. Now, Cora, I believe, was 18. I believe Cora was 18. But they used to try to treat her like she wasn't of age to do what she wanted to do. And but so she was like, you need to get home. We get we get back. When we get back, we go to Sarah's house. Um, because that's where I guess the meeting place was supposed to be. What we didn't know was that Cora had put everything on me and Ashley. The trip, the guy, the concept of how to go. Like she put everything on me and Ashley. And, and you and Ashley was just there making sure she wasn't driving to Kentucky to meet no stranger by herself. Y'all honey, need security. <laughs> the security, the down ass friends, like, bitch, if you going, we going. If you rocking, we rolling. Ride know? together, die together. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't feel like you should do this, but you going to do it anyway. So, you know, we ain't going to let you do it by yourself. So we going we gonna to go, okay? But she put everything on us. And from that moment on, shit just didn't sit and shake right with me. And so I just ended the friendship because now you got Sarah looking at me crazy. You got your mama looking at me crazy. I know Bishop and First Lady, they married. So Bishop's going to look at me crazy. Like on top of the fact that we already had an incident, I think two years prior at prom. (laughs) Girl. This is like that episode of Moesha. (laughs) Girl, this is prior air prime when first lady thought I was trying to I don't know what the fuck she thought I was trying to do. Rub on her husband, touch on her husband, like don't nobody look at Bishop, don't nobody want his ass but you. And and you know, yeah. So it was already awkwardness between first lady and I. Um you know, not, not what they was doing at prom. Well, when I went to Chorus Prom, I went to Chorus Prom too. We were all course prom date, me, BJ, like her friends. And, um, cause you know, Cora and Sarah went to a private school, like a high class private school. So first lady done paid for prom, did all that. Well, um, we were outside taking pictures and I go to take a picture with Bishop and you know how you just lean like this, lean in closer. Mm-hmm. First lady came, get your hands off my goddamn husband, you Jezebel. Like, I was like, what? I, mind you, I was 15 years old at the time. I was a virgin. I didn't even know nothing about sex. I didn't know nothing about my body. I don't I don't have any interest in this man, this grown-ass, old-ass man. Like, I really look at him as a father figure. Like, there is nothing like that. Yes, and 
I was able to go to prom, but she kicked me out of the house that night and sent me home in a limousine. Yeah, she yeah. said, won't be no sleepovers here because you want my man. Because I'm on her man, but I'm in a whole nother... No, baby. You just looked insecure. Because I've been mean, fine. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, look, I just you husband. Jezebel. You Jezebel. I was talking At fifteen. Jezebel. That's wild. At fifteen, a virgin, a virgin. I was a virgin. I barely even kissed the boy. So, uh, yeah. So after, and then two years later, this Kentucky incident happened, and then so I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna. In this right here. So over the years, we will keep in contact from 2007 to 2014. We will keep in contact, but it wasn't like, you know, buddy, buddy contact. It was just like, and then social media came out, the internet came out. So, you know, we'll keep up over that, like that. But for as being buddy, buddy, how we used to be, no, it wasn't. Now, in between right. that time, through a lot. I went through. Um, being homeless, I went through having more children because when I left, I think I had Anaya. Anaya was my only child. In 2007, I had Anaya. So once we stopped being friends between 2007 and 2008, um, I had my life. I started, I grew up, you know, I had my life. Mm -hmm. um, about 2010, I moved to Houston. In Houston, Texas, and there I became pregnant in 2011 with my son, Jay Dunn. Okay. This and is baby number two. Baby number two. Okay. And 2012, I became pregnant with my third child, J.D. Young, who did not live. I had to, um, he died in my belly while I was at the hospital. And I had mm. to deliver him dead. Okay. Stillbirth. I'm sorry, Michelle. Stillbirth. I'm just giving a backstory to my mental space. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from that, I turn around, I get pregnant with Cree. I found out I'm pregnant with Cree in jail while being homeless. And I say homeless because. I did not have a place over my head that was mine and my name that was mine. So I was homeless, okay? Understandable. Um, although I was living, once I got out of jail, I was living with my child's, my, my, uh, well, he is a baby daddy. I was living with my, my baby mama. Got you. Okay. So the kid's grandma. <laughs> the kid's grandma. Um, before then, we had got evicted out of our apartment because he just wouldn't pay the rent. He just wouldn't pay the rent. I don't know why he wouldn't pay the rent, but he wouldn't pay the rent. And so we got evicted. Y'all so got then, three kids. Y'all living in the apartment and he not paying the rent. He ain't paying the rent. We had two and I was pregnant with one, but he wasn't, He didn't pay the rent. I don't know why that man didn't pay the rent, but that man didn't pay the rent. And the rent was only 475 Four, we need to bring back them rent prices. Mm -hmm. Back then, one life good. Back then, four hundred seventy-five dollars for one bedroom townhouse. 
loft style. It was a real nice apartment. Um, mm. But he didn't pay the rent. So eventually, you know, I picked up an extra job trying to get caught up on the rent, but it didn't, it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? So we had to leave. We left. We went to his mom's house. I was already fighting and going to back and forth to court um, because I wouldn't snitch. I went to jail for not snitching. I got I got a felony for not snitching. That's why I was in. But jail. not on the baby daddy. This is a separate no, situation. Not. It was another oh. situation. I wouldn't snitch on my coworker. Um, okay. No, and I. I wouldn't snitch on the people that she brought in to do what they was doing. And so I took I took the fall. And, you know, now looking back on it, if I would have known how much that would hinder my life from, from not being able to get a good job, not being able to have a place to stay, like it really... I went from working for Fortune 500 companies to working in the warehouse. I went from working, you know, corporate. So we're talking like not snitching on like, yeah, I was about to say on like corporate level. We're talking like white collar, not not snitching. Yeah, snitch. I wasn't snitching. I didn't snitch. So I said that. Now, what year is this? Is twenty thirteen? So twenty thirteen. You're twenty three. So at twenty three, you with two kids and one on the way, make the decision to not snitch, not really understanding how that's going to impact the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. Didn't understand. Yeah, I understand. I grew up green. I grew up very protected. I grew up sheltered. That's why I didn't do a lot of stuff that Corey did. Because, like I said, my mama beat our ass. Okay. So it was, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I was always a straight A student. I graduated high school at 16. I've always excelled in academics, I've always excelled in work. I've been working really since I was 13. I used to go around doing plays at schools, getting getting paid for it. So I've always been a worker, Mm. always been a producer and a believer of hard work pays off. I've never had been in trouble. Absolutely. Never been in trouble, but I knew that it was a rule to the street. Once I got with my baby daddy, see, my baby daddy was the opposite. My baby daddy... You know, was fam- was familiar with the. I'm gonna say it like this: he was familiar with the world. Okay, so he I like schooled that. I like me. That. <laughs> he schooled me very well on how the world works, and it's no snitching. So um, mm-hmm. I knew that. Why why I developed that my baby daddy was familiar with the world and my sister's baby daddy was really, really, really familiar with the world, you know, because he He was outside, outside. He was a street pharmacist, he was a hustler, (laughs) whatever you need, he had it. You know what I'm saying? So he also wrote 
he wrote me and my sister, you know, because uh, we was green, you know, we church girls. Mm -hmm, you, know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, I knew that. So, I, I just, I didn't snitch. I took the fall, took the blame, and I, you know, I went to jail. Um, and originally, I was going to have to do, I think, like 75 days. But I found out that I could work in jail and I can do three days for one and be out in three weeks. So that's what I did. Mm. You know, I, I worked I, because I was, I'm, I'm <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be here for 75 days. 75 days sounded like 75 years to me. I have a child at home. I'm not going to do that. So I was doing corporate work <laughs> while I was in jail. They had me on the computers doing all the paperwork, doing all the intake, doing all the data entry. That shit is so... God is funny. God is really, really funny. Um, So, I was doing all I of that. I always say that so, he needs a Netflix special. <laughs> like, you, God you know, is the biggest comedian. Like, to have me... He like, yeah, I'm gonna learn you something, and I'm still gonna make mm. it work. Okay. So, um... Then in the course of that, I find out, because, you know, they have to give you a pregnancy test. They test you for AIDS. They test you for TB. They do all these tests. I'm, I'm pregnant with Creep. This is shortly after. Mind you, I just had my stillborn July 7th of 2012. I find out, mm. I find, I find out in January of 2013 that I'm, um, pregnant with Creed. My, well, Creed is really the fourth child, fourth, but, but the third. The third born. Um, so, I found pregnant with Creed in jail, and that just did something to me mentally. Um, I had to fight in jail. I whooped that whole ass, but I had to fight in jail. They did something. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't take no shorts, okay? <laughs> I'm just, you know, my mama ain't right. Now, we might have been green, but we knew how to get down. Uh, Period. And she was bigger than me. She was like six one. Like, I broke her all the way down. And so that, but that six one. This, I don't know. I might have folded at six one. I'd have been like, baby, I didn't fold because my mama didn't. <laughs> now one thing about Lucretia ain't raised no punk. Then she ain't raised no punk. Win, lose, the draw. You gotta get active. You gotta get active. Six one. I might have had to hold her hand for three weeks, child. I ain't even lie to you. I was popping <laughs> up and going around the security. Like, ah, come here, girl. I swung her around the. <laughs> Time is hard time. She will poke at me every single day. 
And the things that she would say, you know, you have to build this hard exterior so it can't affect you while, while you were in there. But it affected me mentally once For I, sure. you know what I'm saying, got out because the seeds are planted. You know what I'm saying? The seeds are planted and, and, and words are powerful. Even Even if you shake them off, you heard them. Like you heard them. And so, um, I had to deal with that, you know? And so it wasn't something that was easy. It wasn't something that, it wasn't easy. So I had to deal with that. And then coming out of jail, now I'm out of jail and I'm homeless. I'm living with my child's father, mother, the kid's grandma. She doesn't like me because I make, I make I will make him be a man and stand up to your mama. Your mama has no business in our relationship. She doesn't control what's going on over here. When it was my when we were living in our own house, your mother can't say what goes on in this household. Your mother doesn't control how late or how early or how often I want my kids if I want my kids outside, if we go somewhere with the kids, she bitching and complaining because it's nine o'clock and we just get back. These are our kids and we're grown. Well, mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I don't have to answer to your mother, you know, and I would just, you know, like you be a man, you a man, be a man. And I don't think his mom really liked that. Um, you know, it's some women that have sons that want to be, Mm -hmm. the mom of the girlfriend and the wife but I you're not doing that over here you're not running nothing over here so we will always butt heads and we will clash because I'm not I'm not doing that you know what I'm saying and that's so, not what we're gonna do <laughs> that's not, but eventually over time he suckered up and he gave in to what his mom wanted and he started cheating, and I found out he was cheating on me while I was in jail. I'm pregnant um, with Cree, and I leave. I come back home to the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'm, mind you, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm depressed too. I'm depressed then, um, but it's not as heavy as it was when I was pregnant with Jason, right? Um, because. I had somewhat of a support system with my family and my sister. Once I came back home, mm -hmm. um, I think I was just more so depressed with the fact that my relationship with my kid's dad wasn't working out. And I did not want to raise my children in a home without their father. Um, I think that was where I was mentally depressed and going through. So um, once I had Cree, I think I probably dealt with postpartum depression, but again, it wasn't like it was when I had Jason. Um, Jason. For one, right, because now my baby's father is, we're trying to work things out, right? We're trying to okay. put us back together, even though I live in Dallas for work and he lives in Houston. We're making plans. We're trying to get us on the right track. Okay, so boom. Fast forward. Now I am pregnant with Jason. Before I'm pregnant with Jason, while I'm pregnant with Jason, 
I, I'm still homeless, but now everything is falling apart. I can't find a job because of my background. I can't get a place mm -hmm. to stay because of my background. Because of the background. Um, I'm not used to working a shitty job making seven dollars and some change an hour i'm used to making 17 dollars plus an hour and this is at 2324 because so that's hella money <laughs> that's hella money at that time i make oh i make good money that's hella money at that time so i you know i'm depressed about that i'm depressed because now i'm pregnant i don't want to be pregnant you know what i'm saying but I know I'm not gonna. And this is the same, the, the same guy, or is this a different guy? This is the same guy. Okay. I'm pregnant. See, I figured something out, at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so we make something out, and then you know, I find out that he cheated on me. You know, and I did cheat back. So at the time, you know, it was a lot going through my mind. I was dealing with a lot, okay? Mentally, and you're still young. And I'm still young, right? But I feel like the weight of the world is on me and you adding pregnancy on top of that. But I do not believe, me personally, I don't believe in abortion. I don't, I believe if you lay down and the you get pregnant, be responsible enough to take care of their responsibility because the child's life is innocent in that situation. Now, if you get raped and all this other stuff, like that to me is different. If it's a medical issue, it's different. That's just my, but I don't judge nobody. You know, I believe was it pro-choice? Pro-choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I ain't gonna judge, you know what I'm saying? Because if that nigga ain't no good, you don't wanna, Okay, well, you already know. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I'm not. But as for me, I had all of my children because I felt it was my responsibility. If I laid down and opened up my legs to a man and I became impregnated, then I have to shut up and take care of the responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Did I want to be pregnant? No. Um, absolutely not. And I imagine that that weighed not. on the mental that as well. Weighed on my mental. I felt embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was depressed. I was hard on myself because number one, to know the background that I come from, I'm supposed to be acting. I'm supposed to be a professional dancer. I'm supposed to be, you know, high up in the level in corporate America. I'm not supposed to be down here scrambling for crumbs, having all these kids, you know, in a ghetto world, you know, that's not my background. My best friend was Corey Jakes, you feel me? So <laughs> right. it was, a, it was, I don't know if it was a culture shock, but it was, I was in an unfamiliar territory and it, I did not know how to survive in that unfamiliar territory. I was not mm. taught, I was not trained, I was not, I didn't have an example of how to survive in this unfamiliar territory that I'm in, having three kids, 
pregnant with my fourth, homeless, can't get any work, can't get a place to stay. So I was depressed. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I was depressed. And then... I think that is the recipe for depression, though. If you look it up, I feel like that's how that's how you make depression. Rightfully so. Not working out. My man is cheating on me. He left me and these kids for a stripper. Now we're living in a hotel. He's barely coming over here to see me and help with the kids. I'm pregnant, having to walk to Walmart to steal food to feed our kids and the one that I'm carrying. You know, I'm having to do little gigs to get money to pay for the hotel when he could, well, when he wouldn't pay. You know, I don't have a vehicle. I'm riding the city bus or I'm walking, pregnant, with two kids in a stroller. You know, having to get up sometimes Mm. in the middle of the night. That's when Walmart was open 24 hours. Having to get up sometimes in the middle of the night to walk to Walmart, I remember I had this till bag, this till purse, and it was like a it was like a pull tie purse. And it was big enough. And I okay. would take that bag and I would walk from the hotel. And I say across the street, but it wasn't really across the street. I had to walk under a bridge. I had to walk across the freeway. And then mm. I had to walk onto the pavement where the Walmart is, which then walk across that long park uh, parking lot of Walmart yeah, before you then walk across there. the long parkway, <clears throat> and then walk mm-hmm. all the way to the back. You know what I'm saying? And I would take that purse and I would fill it up with as much can as a formula as I could, so that I could have food for Cree. Because mind you, Cree's Cree's baby. I went through a survival mode. Um, being pregnant with Jason. So after I had him, that depression turned into postpartum depression. And I had never dealt with postpartum depression. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know that it existed and I didn't know how to deal with it. When I met Cora again in 2014 and I was pregnant, I, you know, just laid out everything that I was feeling, you know, that I felt ashamed. I felt like I was a burden. I felt like. Now, did you go back to the church or how did you run? How did you reconnect with her in 2014? We reconnected because I went to a church event. I was too ashamed to go um, back to the church. Mm-hmm. I was too ashamed to go back to the church. I felt like a complete failure. Okay, I'm sorry. No, what what are you sorry for? Don't cry. I, I mean, felt, don't cry. Don't be sorry for crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt like a complete failure. You know because. All the mentors that I had, all the examples of life that I had, and here I am coming back with three kids and a baby. Nothing to show for my accolades of me graduating. Nothing to show for 
the hard work that other people put in for me to succeed. So I felt like a failure. I felt like a burden. I felt like an outcast. I felt ashamed. I felt depressed. I didn't want to be pregnant. I didn't want didn't want to be pregnant. And but I and I told those things to, to her. But I think in her twisted mind, me saying I don't want to be pregnant to her, I was saying I didn't want my baby. And that's not those are two different things. You know what I'm saying? Those Absolutely. are two different, and um, and I think from that day is really where it started for her. Um, because once I did that, she was just like, you know, you can call me anytime. And the only reason why I even did is because you have to understand I've known her for so long. When I knew her, she was just a liar. I didn't know she developed into this master manipulator. And it was somewhat to me a safe space because it's a familiar spirit. It's a familiar territory to me with her. But like, you know, we're we're grown grown now. So we're we're not lying. We should all be in a growth and development. We should all be in a different space mentally. And honestly, you know, I had some friends that I could confide in, but you know, me and Cora, I confided in her about everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, when you see a person, you ain't seen them in years, and you've gone through so much, and you just, you just fall. It just comes out. You know? It, it just, just comes, comes out. out. So it, was, it was one of those, um, it was one of those situations and she just basically was like, I'm here for you. If you need me, call me, you know, I'm always going to be here for you. Okay, cool. So uh, the day I have Jason, May 21st, I'm going into labor. Now from April to May 21st, I hadn't talked to court, you know, from that first okay. initial contact back in I did not um, talk to Cora because, again, it was a lot going on. Now I'm back at home living with my mama. Me and my mom don't have the best of relationships because we're a lot, we're alike in a lot of ways. So we bump heads and we clash. Um, that on top of just some childhood trauma situations. So we we clash. You know what I'm saying? So the day I went to labor... I called Cora, and I called her because I didn't want to be in the labor and delivery room by myself mm -hmm. um, because my child's dad just simply said he wasn't coming. He wasn't taking off work to come to be there for me to have a baby. Um, mm. He did come the next day, but that the day of, and when he had time to get there um he just didn't come so my mom had to stay at home with my other children so okay. she wasn't there my brother travels for work so he couldn't be there my sister stays all the way in cedar hill and i don't think we were speaking at the time so she wasn't gonna be there so ashley is living back in ohio I'm just explaining how I even called her, you know. How Ashley's you end up getting to Cora? She's not going to be there. The Literally, the only person left 
was Cora. I called her. She came immediately. She immediately showed up. Mind you, I had a child in 07, and Cora was a nice guy. So I would have never imagined in a million years that Cora would do something like this to me. And I think people need to hear that, too. Right, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. So Cora is the godmother of your oldest. Correct. So on top of being your best friend, on top of your former best friend, knowing her since she was eight, she's your oldest child's godmother. And again, nobody else is there. So this seems like a logical call to say, hey, can you come be with me in the labor and delivery room? Past that, I'll go on and say my little one is four months younger than Jason. She was born in September mm -hmm. and her godmother was in the labor and delivery room with me. Yeah. Like she was holding my thigh. So like, this is not yeah. abnormal <laughs> behavior. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I think people, yeah, people need to, I don't think I ever even said that part. Um, but absolutely. So you have to understand why she would even be, you know, in the picture. I've had a child before and had a child around Cora before and never had to experience Cora trying to take my child. At the same token, I didn't know Cora was dealing with PCOS. I didn't know Cora couldn't have kids. I didn't know Cora was barren. You know, this all of this happened during that seven years of us not being friends. So I didn't mm -hmm. know the struggles or the trials and tribulations that she had been through and what she was going through. Because had I known, I probably would have never let her, I probably wouldn't been, I, my, I probably would have been intuitive enough to see, even going, even though I was going through what I was going through, I would have been able to see what was the really pain that it was triggering in her. to redirect it, you know, to like, you know, Cora, I don't want to give my child up, but you know what I will do for you? Because I love you that much, I will carry a child for you. I would have carried a child for her. I would have given her a child, but not my child that I created with somebody else. Now we can take your egg and we can take your and, husband's and, sperm. And do the thing. And do the and thing, the and I will carry your child for you, but I'm not going to give you my child. If I would have known... So, now, at this point, she had asked for Jason? At this point, do you know I had Jason in May of 2014? July of 2014, she was drawing up paperwork. She drew up paperwork. I didn't know. I didn't read the paperwork until it was court time to really understand because this is my friend, right? I'm not even in my Wait right mind. You're in the Too hospital much. in May. You have uh -huh. you have Jason. Uh -huh. You get discharged from the hospital. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You and Jason go home together to your mother's house. We go to we go to court's house. We at court's house for two weeks. And okay, then from so there, you, we you go leave the hospital, you get discharged, but you and Jason go to your mom's house. Me and Jason. Yeah, because I, Jason was breastfed for almost six months. <laughs> okay. So, so where does the, 
where does the paperwork, where does the even conversation she about- said that she needed, she needed paperwork from when she started um, traveling so that, you know, we, like it wouldn't be no problem for him to travel with her. And also if, if, if he was with her, cause mind you, she's the god mom. If he was with her, you know, and he needed to go to the hospital or something that she'll be able to take him. So you have four kids. That's Cora is the godmother of the oldest and of the youngest, Jason. Yes. Yes. You have Jason. She's the godmom. Two months after having Jason, she gives you paperwork to say, this is just so that I can travel with my godbaby. But only paperwork for Jason, not paperwork for the older godchild. Yeah, because at that point, you got to remember, it's seven years. So, so Anaya's not... A baby. Anaya's not... She's not around like that. She's around, but um, at that point, Cora's mind is different. Cora mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. is obsessed with having a baby. So you're not worried about the older child because she's older. She's not a baby anymore. Cora is not obsessed with having kids. She's obsessed with having babies. You got to understand the difference in that. Not you, but just, you know, people in general. Anybody listening? No, I'm with you. Understand the difference in between wanting a child and wanting a baby. Okay? Mm -hmm. She has an obsession with babies. Because once they come out the baby stage, it's just like, You know, after about from the baby stage to about four, five years of age, it's just like F you, <laughs> basically. So she had that obsession. Mm-hmm. So um, later on, I will find out that that paperwork was actually legal guardianship paperwork. So you don't you don't really read the paperwork like that. You like, oh, okay, got mama, you gonna you're gonna travel with them. Cool, here you go. Yeah, Here's the signature. I'm just like, okay, here I sign it. Whatever. They got it. So you sign the paperwork, but he's he's still living with you because he's breastfed. We're only at the two month mark. Yeah, he's still living with me, but it was kind of like a dynamic, like a baby daddy, baby mama type. You know mm-hmm, how. Mm-hmm. The the as far as the exchange was going, like he'll be with me. But probably on a weekend or maybe one week, he'll go over there for a week and he'll come home because she was helping me. Mind you, Jason is mm-hmm. the fourth born. I have three other kids that I'm taking care of by myself. So, yes, I'm going to take the help. I looked at it no different Absolutely. if the father was there and these are the exchanges that we're having with their dad because you have to have them. doesn't matter how new or how older the child is. Like, you know, both parents require time with the child. So, um, yeah, so that happened. So July 2014, having made July 2014, you draw enough paperwork. You turned around from July 2014 between October and September 2014 is more paperwork that you bring me and you say oh you know I left out I left out the part that we will be flying 
Because at this point, you know, she's writing her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to go do uh, travels. At this point, Sarah lives in California. She's married to uh, or getting married to Terrell. They might already be married at this point. So, you know, she's flying back and forth between California and Texas, and she wants to take Jason with her, which I at that point, I, I guess I didn't see a problem with it because it's like at least he's getting to see things that I didn't get to see. Absolutely. That's how I would look you know, at it. Like, that's what the God mom is for. It's take the kid, give him exposure, all of that. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't see it as, I didn't see what she was doing. I didn't see the setup that she was having. Um. Now, during the course of that time, she would ask me about adoption, but I was like, Cor, I'm, you know, that's not what I want to do. And I don't even think, because I knew, like, you, I just can't sign over my rights. The father has to, too. So I'm like, mm -hmm. his dad is not even going to do that or whatever. And she was like, at some point, she was just like, what if I pay y'all? I was like, pay me? She was like, yeah. One, so she's one. asking you, the paperwork is signed. You don't know what you signed. I don't she's know saying, that like, would you? Right. Right. So, she, but she's like, would you ever consider adoption? You're like, no. She's like, what uh, if I pay you? He pressured and me about adoption from July 2014 until like February, March mm. 2015. Mm. Mm. Meanwhile, she's, she's got the paperwork anyway. Legal guardianship. But that's nothing. That's nothing. Um, just because you have legal guardianship, is, it is nothing. You don't have, the only rights you have to the child is to put the, be able to put the child in school and medical. medical. But that's it. You don't have okay. any other thing. I still have my whole rights. So I'm going to have legal guardianship. If I came over and said, I'm getting my baby, guess what you got to do? You got to get my baby. So... You, she was trying to get it set stone, like really take my child. And so um, fast forward, like she's just keep asking me, you know, mind you, I'm dealing with postpartum depression. I'm very vulnerable. I'm very weak-minded at this time. I'm very lost. I'm very confused. I'm very, I'm, I believe I was depressed and had postpartum depression because those are two different things. Two different things. Those are two different things. And I think that I was going through both of them at the same time, considering my circumstances and then the postpartum depression because after the baby. So I believe that I was going through both of those things. At, well, I know that I was going through both of those And both of those individually aren't in, in the, like they're not an easy burden to bear at the same time them things be whooping on you because i i was definitely there yeah and it's no time frame right it's no time frame when it's over right it can be two weeks it could be five years mm -hmm. um it's no time frame so and it doesn't look I I, this is a little bit of a segue but it doesn't look 
the same for everybody. I remember dealing with postpartum depression, feeling like I wasn't dealing with it because it didn't look like somebody else's version of postpartum depression. You know what I mean? So right. it was like, oh, it's not this because it doesn't look like that. <clears throat> right. You never know how it's going to show up. Some people are functional postpartum depression people. Some people are not. Some people kill their babies. Some people mutilate their kids. And it's not even them. It's the postpartum depression. It's, it, depression. it's literally different levels to postpartum depression. Some people have it and it's light. Some people have it and it's you know, just like, eh. and some people have it where it's really heavy. And then some people have it where they're in a total dark space. You know what I'm saying? To the point they want to hurt the child or they're hearing voices or they're saying that the devil made them do mm -hmm. it to the point where they're killing their own selves. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like it gets that deep. I knew somebody who's part of depression is nothing to play with. It is nothing to nothing take lightly. It is nothing to just overlook and surpass and like, oh, she'll get over it in a couple days, couple weeks, couple months. Oh, no, it takes counseling. It takes therapy. It takes the right people being surrounded by the right people. It takes a support system. It takes a team to pull that woman you know, back to her natural healthy state after having a child, and especially if she and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It takes a lot, you know, and that bitch knew that. Sorry, I'm not calling her that on this program. That woman it, knew it, that, it, and it, she <laughs> took full. <laughs> Sorry. It be it angers me, L. It angers me so much, and I be having to try to like stay calm, stay cool, because I don't want them to try to win. Because we're gonna go to court, <clears throat> we're gonna go to trial. Because if they can, they can give them back voluntarily or involuntary. Because if I gotta go to the feds, I'm gonna go to the feds too. So either way it go, you're gonna have to see me. You know what I'm saying? So I mm -hmm, have to condition mm -hmm. myself to not pre not be able to allow them to try to say, oh, she's volatile or she's um, angry or aggressive. You know what I'm saying? But they way you got up. You know what I'm saying? That's but okay, so let me ask you this. So um, she's asking you about adoption. She's asking you, you're saying no. She says, what if I pay you? How does it get to the point where she now has Jason? Um, the paperwork that, that she signed, um, and then she, uh, one day I was over there, and um, she asked me to come over because she was cooking. I'm like, okay. Now, mind you, at that point, that's gonna, you know... That's going to get me to come every time. <laughs> oh, every time. They, right. Jason is a little older, so he is spending a little bit more time over there because he's not a newborn anymore. You know, he's older in months, and I'm working. Now, I'm working a warehouse mm -hmm. job, and, and I'm working 12-hour, 13-hour shifts. Um, 
my mom is already helping me with my other kids. You know, babies require a lot more work and a lot more being a lot more attentive than children, toddlers and older kids. So I was just trying to make it easier for my support system that I had. Well, okay, well, mama, if you can help me with, with these three and Corey, you can help me with Jason so that I can work so that I can get us a place to stay so that I can do mm-hmm. what I need to do to take care of my children. That's what was supposed to be going on. But that's not what was happening. Um, for her birthday, well, that comes after that. Okay, so then, so boom. Now, mind you, she keeps questioning me about a- adoption and giving my baby away. She keeps sending me adopt- open adoption videos on Facebook. This is before Messenger even existed. She kept planting these seeds. And you're she like, kept- girl, I said no. I said no every time. I said no so much. Wrote her a letter explaining to her of why my decision is my decision to keep my baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, it becomes Your it became so right. It became so uncomfortable for me that you know and scared now i'm scared you know and now i don't know what to do because this is a woman who holds my secrets right and mind you Mm -hmm. i've known this family a very long time i know the lengths that they're capable of going when it comes to bringing down somebody I know who these people are behind closed doors that people don't see. I know how evil y'all can be, you know, when y'all are turning y'all back on somebody. So now I'm scared, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so now I'm over there. And because she was like, you know, come over, I cooked whatever. Come over there. Now, mind you, you know, I used to smoke weed. I used to smoke marijuana. I used to get very high and lifted to, to the gates of heaven. Okay, and Cora does too. Cora probably still smokes weed. I did, girl. I used to smoke good weed too. Girl, I used to be. I smoked weed. I did. I did smoke weed while I was pregnant with Jason. Because, see, I like to tell on myself. Because you're not going to tell them. Mm-hmm. I did smoke weed while I was pregnant with Jason. A bitch was going through a lot. You know what I'm saying? I smoked weed. I think I smoked weed up until I was like five months, six months pregnant with Jason. Mm. But the doctor said my baby came out healthy. My baby came out strong. Wasn't nothing wrong with my child. And Jason is a very smart child to this day. So, you know, that's what I have to say about that. Um, because she tried to bring that up in court. Like, oh, Jason was born with weed in his system, whatever. And the doctor was like, yeah, he was, but nothing was wrong with him. You don't have children, babies don't have withdrawals from marijuana. That's what you try to say in the court. Like, basically trying to label him like he was a crack baby or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, mm-hmm. please. You ain't lost your motherfucking mind. Because you ain't never had no child, so you don't know. I understand. I get it. So, um... Yeah, so but going back to normal. 
So she was like, you know, come over here, whatever. So I come over there, and I'm thinking it's just a regular routine. Prior to those those events, though, she knew that I was suffering from postpartum depression because she told the doctors, she told the nurses, she even told me, my aunt. Uh, and then she led me to doing these. She was telling me that she could be my therapist because I, I broke down to her one day where I had enough. And I said, I need therapy. I need counseling. Something is wrong with me. You know, I'm emotional all the time. Every I'm sensitive. You know, I feel like I'm in this. I remember telling her, I feel like I have dug myself in this dark hole in space. And every time I try to climb out, I get knocked back in it. I need some help. Mm. She tells me, well, you know, I'm going through ministry school. She wasn't a minister at the time. She was just going through ministry school. And she was like, I can counsel you. I can give you legal counsel. Now, I don't question it. Because you Bishop T.E. Jake's daughter. You know what I'm saying? I don't Sounds question right. it. Because right. Sounds about right. I don't question it because growing up in a church, you go to the pastor and the ministers and the, the youth people. For counseling. Counseling and therapy all the time. So I don't know the the rules and regulations that you actually have to have a degree to counsel somebody. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm just going based off my culture and how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she was like, I can counsel you. Now, looking back on it, you counseled me to get into the depths of my mind, to get into the depths of my thoughts, my secrets, so that you can then use those against me to manipulate me and to play on my vulnerability. Okay? Because she would have me sit in front of a Mac laptop and she was asking questions like, who is Anaya? Like, basically went down through my children. Who are my children? What do they mean to me? Tell me about some of my life experiences. And, you know, um, on and on and on like that. And once I realized, like, hey, these are not questions that, you know, a counselor really would me. ask. It sounds like questions like you're getting information from me. Like you're trying to pry into my it's mind. It's an interrogation. It's not the, it's not a therapy session. Right. It's an interrogation. Now, um mind you, because you are dealing with postpartum depression, when you ask questions like who are you and who are your kids to you, of course it's gonna bring out you know, emotions in you. And I just, you know, remember that. And, and I also know that when it came to Jason, she, prior to that, she had did the whole exercise. She was telling me that I didn't have my son for me, that I had my son for her, her husband, and that God gave me my child for her. And so this is the things that she was telling me to say on, yes, girl, it was that deep. Mm -hmm. These are the she things was that telling she, you to... Yeah. Repeat after her. And what you were yeah. repeating was that you had Jason for her and Brandon. Mm -hmm. That I don't believe, I specifically said, I don't believe that I had my son for me. I believe that I had my son for Cora and Brandon, specifically. And that's because of what she told me. Not because that's what I truly felt and truly believed.
because she had scared me because she had courted me in her office with the lights off, pushed me against the wall and told me that if I did not give her my son, that she would take him from me. And yeah. this is, we're now into 2015. Now we're into 20. That was, yeah, now we're in, that was, all of that was 2014. <laughs> all of that was 2014. My son wasn't even a year old. He wasn't even, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you pay attention to the to, timeline. To the timeline it will show you exactly from the beginning what she was doing, what her plan was, the paperwork that she put in place that in the event I woke up and I realized what she was doing, that she would have paperwork in place to uphold her lies, to uphold it in court. Should it ever but I keep going back court. to the timeline as well because I want people to understand how fast the train was moving. When you couple yeah, that with how fast this was going on top of your postpartum, on top of now you not being able to get a job that you're used to, I want to be very clear in that timeline because sometimes the internet yeah. not friendly. Well, why would you sign the paperwork without... Look, okay. Yeah, we can acknowledge that there was a mistake yeah, made, but when you zoom out that was on the picture, dream. right? Absolutely. But it was so fast. clarify, clarify this for me. You guys end up in court, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's now taking um, Jason from you, and tell mm -hmm. me, tell me when I'm wrong. So what I've heard is that I'll say allegedly the Jake's family paid off the lawyer that you had to not represent you in court, leaving not you in to court not to represent. Not to not represent me, but to throw the case. They all work together. Okay. Mind you, I went to trial twice. I went to trial twice. Once I realized what was going on is, is after I had moved in with court in January of 2016. When I moved in with Cora January 2016, well, I knew what was going on because not only did she tell me she would take my child, but she had me go up to Judge Faith Johnson's office to sign my rights. But that was just a piece of paper at that point. It, it held no weight. You know, I st only, a, only a judge in a courtroom can terminate your rights. But I didn't know that at the time, right? So I'm thinking... Mm -hmm. I didn't sign my rights. What do I do? I don't know what to do. So all I knew is that I had to work. I had to get a place to stay. And then I would, you know, start fighting to get my baby back. Because mind you, I was homeless. <laughs> I was homeless, you know. So I felt like I had to get, I had to get certain things in place and, and, and together in order to even fight. And that's what she had working for her. And she knew that, you know, that she was more stable. Well, and you were only stable. She was only stable because of her parents. Because when I was living with her, I was helping with the lights. I was helping with the water. I put all the food in the house. I stayed with her from January until about June of 2016. And all $800 a month of food stamps that I was getting, I paid for everything in the household, okay? Let's just be clear. Okay. So, 2014, May 2014, you have Jason. 
there's questions mm -hmm. she's badgering you about um the adoption you do counseling with her somewhere between 2014 and 2015 on the macbook 2014 in 2015 and that was like that was like i want to say around um october between September and November of 2014. Okay. 2015, you start putting the pieces together? 2015 is when I started putting the pieces together. And when I didn't know what to do because I was still, I was working. But once my background came up, they were firing me. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um... It was, I went through that a lot, <laughs> you know, I'll get the job, but once the background come up, I get fired. Now I'm back to looking for that job. Square mm -hmm. one. Um, nobody will give me a place to stay because just simply because of my background, not because I've never been evicted. I've never, I didn't have bad credit. I've never broken a lease. Um, I've never had a lease violation. Simply because of my background. Simply that's it. So I so do you're that. putting you're putting the pieces together. I'm putting you, the pieces together because now it's just like but now I'm scared because I know that I'm not standing on my own two feet and if she tries to bombard me, what do I do? I have nothing to fight with. She's gonna take my baby and then the state is probably gonna take all of my kids. You know, this is the mind frame I'm in, because mind you, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't know what to think, because I'm dealing with a whole lot, right? So then, so that's November. So January, January, February 2015 comes. She comes back with it. May, Jason's birthday, May 21st comes. Mind you, before May 21st, she tries to get me to go down to judge faith's office to have a conversation with judge faith about the signing of the rights but i made up some type of excuse to get out of it because i didn't want to do it i don't want to give my child up i'm scared i'm trying to figure out how to get out this whole thing right without now for clarification i yeah we'll come back there i've heard yeah. and again correct me if i'm wrong that Judge Faith is also a member of the Potter's House? She's a member of the Potter's House. She's a member of the on the board team. She's chorus God. She's been at the Potter's House since the Potter's House started. She's like this with the people. She does all their legal dirty work. And T.D. Jakes is a um, financial contributor to Absolutely. Her, however that runs when you run Absolutely, absolutely. Hand in hand with her when she became DA of Dallas. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I just want to paint the picture of 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 who the people are, who the Faith players Justin. on the board she are. She also represented Sarah in her divorce with Robert. Illegally signed the divorce decree. Like it's, they're corrupt <laughs> all the way around. And they have people that sit in places that does their dirty work for them. And me, knowing them, know that. So I'm trying to, um, I in my mind, I have to go along until I figure out another plan 
so that uh, one, my kids is covered. Two, I don't end up dead somewhere because of the shit that I fucking know. And, you know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm coming up with excuses not to do things, not to go places because you did not already cornered me in the office. You did not already tell me if I don't give you the child, you'll take them from me. You did not already perform the exorcist on me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I'm scared out of my mind. I'm very weak and vulnerable because of what I'm dealing with. So 2000, May of 2015 comes in. She gets me with food again. It's the food that gets me all the time. Cause the girl can cook. <laughs> that big girl can cook. She can cook her ass off now. I didn't say that. I my whole eating. family can throw down. I heard the mama be in there that, making it do what it do. Them motherfuckers can cook. Do you hear me? Now listen, <laughs> if I don't miss nothing, I do miss that cookie. Now that, that, that. I ain't even gonna hold you on that. They can cook. So uh, she was like, oh, I'm cooking fried chicken. Uh, and then she used to watch Paula Deen a lot. So she used to do a lot of Paula Deen websites. And now I know Paula Deen may be a little racist, but that white lady can cook. So, you know, I Listen, was, Paula I, Deen put her foot in it every time. I, every time. So, you know, in the needles. You know what I'm saying? So whenever she was cooking something for from the Neelys and Paladin, I was there. You know, I'm like, well, you know, it's just food. Um, so she would give me that all the time. She was like, come on, I'm cooking. She would get get she will feed me, get me high off weed. Um, I'm not a real big drinker, but I take a couple shots too. They asses drink. Okay. Bishop and all of them, they they be drunk do you hear me not not after all the tea that you done shared the the drinking is what got my eyes big bitch they be drinking and i ain't lying right hand to god on my dead son's grave them motherfuckers be drinking and they would drink your ass up under the table do you hear me so um Hmm. you know so so you know you over there late you gonna do what you been drinking you been smoking. You falling asleep. You stay in the night. You stay in the night. So, once we get up, the next morning, she like, uh, Michelle, come take, you know, I want you to take a ride with me. I'm like, Ride you okay. straight to that courthouse, didn't she? She took Faye Johnson's office. And on the way there, it was her and Brandon in the court. I kind of give Brandon a little grace because... If I could be manipulated for almost two years and you was married to that woman for 10 years, I can't imagine the type of manipulation that you endured and you were sleeping with her. That's manipulation on a totally different level. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I know that most of, if not all of our conversations that were had concerning Jason, Brandon was not involved or around. So the only information that he has is the information that she's passing through to him. Cora. Yeah, through gotcha. court. So you you don't he didn't know the he you know, he I can honestly say that he didn't know and I think that he didn't find out a lot of information until we went to court. I think that he didn't find out a lot of, of the conversations that were had um until we went to court. But being a husband you sit beside your wife. You know you what I'm saying? Play the role. 
you played the role and you stood beside your wife. It doesn't make it right. I'm just saying. But I it's just, what happened. That's the truth. It's what happened. I understand. I think that's the only reason why I give him grace when it comes to that. But court, bitch, you know exactly what the fuck you were doing and it, it ain't no grace. You know what I'm saying? So, boom. So, she like, take a ride with me. I'm like, okay, cool. We taking a ride. It was me, her, and Amari in the car. Jason stayed, stayed at the home with Brandon's parents because they had moved Oh, let me tell y'all this. Cora moved Brandon's parents. Cora moved Brandon's parents, his sister, and his brother from Savannah, Georgia, all the way to Texas to move them into the house so that they could watch the kids. Like, you have to see the setup. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She moved we're them all the way We're going to need to adopt here. a baby, and we're going to need help. Yeah, she did that. So, um, shout out to Savannah. We love the nine one seven. So yeah, so we get we on the way to the office. She's saying all this stuff like, you know, God is really gonna bless you for being obedient to His will. Mind you, when they did the exorcist, Doctor Galena White was saying how she saw my, saw my <laughs> she saw my. She saw my baby sitting on Jesus' lap and with Brandon and Cora there. And then that's how she knew I had Jason for them. Yeah. And she actually admitted it on the internet. And I have a screenshot of it. Because, see, I can back up everything, what I'm saying, with with evidence, physical evidence. Like, it's not it's not just, I'm not just pulling something But that was one table. of the things that I like when we first talked, because when we first started talking, I didn't even have a podcast to yeah. even invite you on to. Yeah. And you, one of the first things you said to me was like, I got receipts. <laughs> I got receipts. Like, but for days. Like when Corey and that's the first thing, one of the first things you said to oh, me. Corey and tried to come my live a couple months ago. Oh, we got receipts. Bitch, I got, I got them. Because any receipt you got is manipulated. Any receipt you got is probably uh, typed and, and scanned. And because baby, I I I got them. I got them. No, that's you said. You said I'm not, I'm not speaking on nothing that I I cannot prove. That's one of the first things that I cannot prove. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. And I think that's why y'all haven't sued me. You haven't sued me for defamation of character because I ain't told no lie. You haven't sued me for nothing. You haven't even tried because I have not told a lie and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to stand on the truth. If there's mm. no way in hell you ain't send me no cease and desist because number one, I'm really under a gag order under the court. I'm really not supposed to be talking about a sealed case, but I don't give a fuck because it's my child. Why you ain't went to the court to hold contempt of court on me? Why you haven't went and tried to you know what I'm saying? To the court to say, we need to enforce this order. If I'm lying, if I'm lying, if I'm not telling the truth about everything that is happening, every, and if you have receipts, why haven't you produced the receipts that you have to counter what I'm saying? It's been almost two years. It'll be two years next year, next May. It'll be two years since I came out with y'all name on this story. Y'all haven't tried to do anything. So we go back to the story. We go back to, we on the way to 
the office and she's on the road on the ride there like you know i'm just grateful you've been obedient whatever to rule and i'm i'm bawling in the back seat because i know i'm gonna be forced to do something i want to do it i don't know how to get out you see the play i don't know what to do you know i see the play you know i don't know what to do so i'm just i'm just like you know and i find just say like i just hope y'all take care of my baby you know and that's the only thing that i can muster to get out because you are about to make me do something that I don't want to do and I don't know how to get out of this and I'm really scared. I'm really scared because it's no telling what y'all would do to me or even mm. to my family. I'm scared because you know my secrets. I'm scared because you know some of my family secrets, some darkness that I've shared with you about things that I've gone through, things that I experienced, and that you'll try to use that against me. I I felt automatically that I was already in a lose lose situation. I'm gonna lose them if I fight for him. I'm gonna lose them if I don't. You know what I'm saying? Because you're mm. gonna do whatever to destroy me. That's how I felt. So when we get there, mind you, I didn't know where we were going. I knew once I pulled up. So we pull up, we get into the office. I'm emotional the whole time. Mind you, I didn't have any prior conversation with Faith Justin before then. We get there and Cora and Faith Justin basically going through the paper and then she stops. And she says, Michelle, you look like you don't want to do this. I immediately, I immediately just started crying. I put my head down. And it was one of those aching cries. Painful cries. Like a wail. Mm -hmm. And I just started shaking my head. Like, this is not what I want to do. Court gets up. She walks around the table. We're at this big round table. She walks around the table. She presses her hand on my back and tells me, you will do this and you shall do this. She whispers that in my ear. That shit scared the fuck out of me. It's like demons are real, right? I was going to say that gave me chills. You will do this and you shall do this? You shall do this. Why are you pressing your hand on my back? Spiritual warfare is real. Spiritual wickedness is real. Spiritual manipulation is real. It's spiritual real. touch is real. And that demon knew exactly what she was doing. And it scared me. Like when I tell you I had chills, I was frightened. I like, I don't, I don't know, girl. I'll never forget that shit. I would never in my life forget I, that. Nobody has ever tried to steal my baby from me, but I have encountered some demons dressed up as men and women of God. And I tell you that that is mm -hmm. a very specific experience and feeling and interaction. Yeah. You know when you're you know, looking at I what you're looking at and when you feel what you mm -hmm. feel, yes? And I didn't know how to fight it. I wasn't properly equipped to fight that type of 
type of demon. And um, Fanny Jackson said, yeah, she was like, Michelle, you know, you're going to go through it, you're going to do it. And I, at that point, I just shook my head, yes, because it's, what do I do? What, what do that. I do? What do I do? You know? And so I made up in my mind that I was going to go with the flow so that I can get the information I needed so that I can fight for my baby. So that I can get my baby. And no point was I ever giving up my child. And no point was I ever not fighting for him. Now I had to develop a strategy. Now I had mm -hmm. to be strategic in how I went about things without alerting them off of what I was doing or, or what I was trying to do. So, yes, I played the role. I played the friendship role even after that because... I had to do whatever I had to do to stay close to my son, to be around my son, to be in my son's presence, to be, you mm -hmm. know, still there and available to him and him available to me at whatever cost that might have been. And some people might understand and some people might not understand it, but at that time, that's how my mind was working because I was just trying to figure out ways to stay in my baby's life, get the information that I needed so that I can fight for my child. Because I knew that it was going to come down to court because I knew that I was not giving him up. Yeah, you had to play chess. I knew that. You know what I'm saying? I had to play chess. So 2015 is here. That happens. Um... We get through 2015. Um, so you I'm signed the paperwork with Justice still... Faith. Now they have rights to the baby. Mm, that's what we think, but that's not okay. really what it is. They only okay. have rights if the judge gives them rights. So even though we signed that paperwork in the office, up until September 2018, I had full rights to my child. Okay, and he's and he's living with you as you were living with Cora and Brandon. No, once I did that paperwork at Judge Office, he was living with he was living he started living with them. Um, okay, but I was still seeing him, mind you. I would still get him. I would still go over there and see him. All of that, and um. But I did that so that I could be in the home, so that I can see, so that I can know what was going on, so that I can witness, so that I can have evidence, so that I can have mm -hmm. what I need. Because now I'm now I'm up. Now I'm well. I'm, I'm I think I'm still dealing with postpartum depression, but now at this point it's not as heavy because now I'm in a totally different fight, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now it's kind of taking a backseat because now I'm alerted and now I'm woke. Now I have to, you know, see what's going on. So um, we get through 2015. August 2015 comes. I even go to Megafest, go to the hotel with them, all of that. Mind you, I, if I'm over there, I'm the one. I made it a point, intentional, 
that when I was over there, that I'm the one feeding him. I'm the one changing him. I'm the one mm-hmm. interacting with So that you can see. I'm the, so that I can see, so that he feels me. And he knows constantly whispering in his ear, I'm your mother, I love you. Constantly, 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 constantly. Every time I made it a point to be over there so much that they got tired of me. Because I never wanted <laughs> to give him up right. in the first place. You feel me? So they can, she can say whatever the fuck she want to say. But, you know, that's how I know about all the people that you had coming in, in and out your house. The parties that you throw in. The weed that's being smoked. The liquor that's being drank. The, the, the same-sex activities that you have <laughs> going on in the household. I made it a point to be there. Oh, yeah, honey. So then, um, so <laughs> there's a story for that. So then 2015 comes, Mega Fest comes. Um, now it's January 2016. My mom and I get into it. It was a real bad altercation, a physical altercation, because I'm going to tell on me. You can't tell on me. We get into it. So I was going to go to a shelter. I called Cora. Now, mind you, Cora didn't want me to go to the shelter because Monet, the girl who's living with her now, her girlfriend, when she be licking cat with, um, was at this shelter that I was gonna go to. <laughs> is that that's not the mom of the new the new baby? Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monet has okay. been around. Monet has been around since, if I'm 33, Monet is probably 35. So Monet has been around since she was, since she was 17. But see, I've been around. And just to, just to backtrack for listeners, there, if if you saw the Nosy Bystander video or if you go scroll Cora's page, she has a best friend who had a baby and she Mm -hmm. documented that whole thing. But that's not her best friend. That's her partner. Uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> Michelle, she, like, she you're not giving her the right label. No, because we're going to tell her okay, well, right. She tell her. We're going to tell it right. Okay. I, I don't know that anybody listening. You don't to know that. You can I, say allegedly for your, for your protection. I, yeah, I saw the Instagram page, and for anybody who is going to go look, it is worded as the best friend. And I think even mm-hmm. in one of the captions, she says that she had the baby for her or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I know it as the best friend. Michelle is saying for the listeners that it's presented to us as best friend. In mm-hmm. reality, it's a different type they of relationship. They leave the Michelle, I mean, is that the I don't have to say allegedly, so I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm not gonna say allegedly because it's the truth. <laughs> and if it's not the truth, sue me. But it's the truth, and too many people know it, so y'all not gonna sue me. Because so, so many people know it's true. I'm not the only one that knows. Everybody knows. Y'all just ain't talking about it. Y'all didn't see where they went wrong in is is telling folks. You should never told nobody. You should did what you was doing behind closed doors. But At I'm home. not the only yep. person that y'all didn't told. 
Y'all done told a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people know that y'all up in there licking cat. So much to the point where Mari caught y'all at 3 o'clock in the morning licking and moaning. So a lot of people know. It's not just me. Mm. So, but mm. Monet has been around mm. since Monet was 17, 16, 17 years old. Monet is a... See, so Monet came pretty much as you left. No. Monet came mm. 16, 17. If everybody's the same age, that's that's 2006. We're not the same age. Monet is older than me. Ah, okay. There we go. Monet is older than me. Yeah. I think Monet was born in. I think Monet was born in 87. Yeah, Monet is older than me. Okay. I think Monet was born. I think Monet came out of school in 05, 2005. So she's older than me. Um, Monet is a manipulator too. Monet has a, a Jezebel spirit. Monet is not a friend. Monet, it, Monet has always wanted to be around because of the status quo of Cora and her family. There's nothing ever been genuine about Monet. I have told Cora this for years, but I never understood why, but then I started understanding why because, oh, y'all licking each other cat, you know what I'm saying? But Monet, you only licking cat because you want to be put in this certain space, in this certain space, place when it comes to this family, when it comes to court. Nobody likes Monet. First lady don't like Monet. Sarah don't like Monet. Nobody likes Monet. Everybody sees Monet for what she is, but, you know, they are codependent on each other. So... It's, it's a and I do want to say that if I I do want to say make it very clear because y'all like to shake off with things there is nothing wrong with a same sex relationship what we are speaking to wrong is the discrepancy the discrepancy what, what between is wrong is when you what try is to and what's presented right what is wrong is when you try to condemn same sex relationships to the world but be behind closed doors fucking on this girl and fucking on this nigga you really fluid you really like bitches and niggas you know what i'm saying but to the world you want to present it as an abomination it, it that, that's when it becomes wrong it comes wrong when you calling leandria johnson out of drinking liquor and being an alcoholic but your daddy an alcoholic and you an alcoholic and you drink liquor and get sloppy drunk and your house over because she wants to be open and honest and transparent with her life you cora take it upon yourself to go to a news out there and write a whole article on the girl i don't know if y'all remember that i don't know if y'all remember when she did that but she <laughs> Baby, that. I'm I'm it's I'm churchy. I'm real churchy. <laughs> and I was there when she was writing Definitely. the article. Why she at home drinking vodka and smoking a blunt? You know what I'm saying? That's when it become wrong. Yeah. Right. You condemning this woman about Leandra Johnson whilst intoxicated? Yes, while intoxicated. And then you know, you know she well, y'all probably don't know. But she takes prescri prescription medicine because she's really thrown off in the head. Like she really, she, she really is. Um, she she had to go to a mental health facility in California several times. Um, she's not mentally stable, so she has psych medicine. You know, 
for uh, that story, uh, I will point you guys if you want to listen. So. If you want to listen yeah. to that story again, nosy bystanders did a deep dive on Cora Jakes, where in that bit of information and her alleged uh, hospital stays and all of that were unearthed. So that'll be that is at nosy bystanders on TikTok and on Instagram. If you guys want to dig into that story. Yeah, so she takes medicine, but while she was doing that, she definitely was smoking a blunt and taking a shot. She likes to drink that strawberry lemonade, um, Saviki, Savaka, something like that. Vodka? Oh, Savetka. <laughs> Savetka, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that strawberry lemonade one do be hitting. I'm not going to hold it. She's a vodka and when I tell okay. you to go to the liquor store and get about a caseload, they will get liquor by the caseloads, all different type of liquor. So, you know what I'm saying? That's what it becomes. That's why I talk about it. When I do talk about what they do behind closed doors, it's only because if y'all wasn't trying to make it such an abomination to the public, if you wasn't trying to make it seem like when, and when somebody else do it, it's so wrong. If you kept your mouth closed about other people's business, then we'll keep our mouth closed about your business. But you don't get to call out Leandria Judson for living in her truth and speaking in her truth because you're too afraid to do so. Mm, yeah. That's a so word. Jared, that, that'll preach if you let it that alone. <laughs> yeah. So back to how I started doing it. In January of 2016, me and my mom, we get we get into it. I moved into Cora's house because she doesn't want me going to the uh, shelter that Monet is in because she kicked. Also, Monet is a thief. Monet is still anything, and you wouldn't even know that it's missing. So Monet had stole Cora's watch or Brandon's watch or something like that. But Monet had been stealing. You know what I'm saying? Like this is just what Monet's what Monet do. Monet went to jail for stealing. Mo like. Uh, Monet's record is expunged today because Cora helped get her record expunged. If she did not help get her record expunged, Monet would still be a multiple felon to this day. Okay? So, yes, yeah, so she kicked Monet out in the middle of the night, huh? Her kids, and they had to go to, uh, they went to Dick's house, but, oh, I want my second. Oh well, I didn't say it now. They went to oh, they went to her house. <laughs> they went to her no, house. No, I just I and, marked the clip so we could take that out uh, for you. Okay, we'll they went to her house and then they went to from there because she got into it with her because Monet was trying to sneak her girlfriend in at the time to the house and she got into it further. So then that's when Monet went to the shelter. Well, Cora. I called Corey and told Corey, like, hey, I just want you to know, you know, I don't know when I'll be over, be able to be over there to come see, um, come see Jason because me and my mom just got into it and I'm about to go into this shelter. She said, no, sissy, I'm not going to let you go into the shelter. You can come stay over here until you get together. Okay, cool. But in reality, she's trying to keep y'all apart because if y'all are together and start comparing she's trying notes, to keep this us can apart get tricky for her. Because now, because now her and Monet are enemies. And see, this is what Monet does when they're enemies. When they're when she's an enemy of Cora, or Cora is her enemy, oh, Monet is mm -hmm. ruthless. 
She's ruthless. And you gotta remember, Monet has access to Monet had access to a lot of Bishop's personal stuff because of Cora. Monet had access to Cora's emails, everything. She had a lot of information. Monet was actually helping me when it came down to me fighting for Jason in court. Monet was helping me behind closed doors and was going to witness on my behalf. That's how hmm. deep into it her and Cora was. That this all goes. That's how deep it goes, yes. So, uh, Monet knew that she was taking advantage of me. Monet knew that she, Monet knew the plan. Monet knew exactly what Cora was doing. And Monet had the evidence of, of it all because of the passwords and the emails that she was given access to through Cora, from Cora signing in onto different stuff on Monet's iPad, on Monet's laptop, you know what I'm saying, and not signing out of it. So now Monet has direct access to a lot. Monet should be careful because that's she got a lot of information. She know a lot of a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying. So that's probably another mm. reason why she's probably standing close to them. But yeah, so she was like Michelle, I can help you whatever. So I ended up. She was like, come over here. So I ended up moving in with, and then I really think God set it up like that too, because I ended up staying there from January 2016 to uh, May or June of 2016. And while I was there, I was able to find, you know, the folders of her keeping records of everything that she's ever done for Jason, bought for Jason. You know, I was able to find when they been on the computer and the computer, the messages are connected to the phone. So a message comes through. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, she's telling people, oh, Michelle didn't come this day. She was supposed to come this day. Oh, Michelle didn't come this day. She was supposed to come this day. But she wasn't telling people the days that I will come or the days that I will try to come and you won't open the door. So I'm having to leave diapers and wipes and food on the door handle on the doorstep for my son, Jason, because you don't want me to um, open the door. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to open the door for me. So now, and that was in 2014. So now I'm in 2014 and 2015, and I'm seeing all this stuff in 2016, right? So now, now it's becoming even more awakening like bitch you set this up from the motherfucking jump you set this up from the time you saw me when i was pregnant when i fell in and laid it all out you set this up from that time you started keeping mm. a paper trail from that time from the time i had jason then i found she had a little diary she writing in the little diary from the time i had Jason, and she came up to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? But the diary, she was trying to make it seem like she was there for me, but you could read through it. You could read through what she was actually saying, and you could see that you were only writing this to have it as some type of evidence, not because what you're evidence. saying is true. It was evidence. All the evidence. And then I was just even more so... Like, okay, God, what do I do now? Because I don't have a place to stay. She knows me and my mom got into it. And we had a physical altercation. She'll probably try to use that against me. Use you know, that. so what do I do? I'm scared. I don't know what to do. So, um, 
May or June 2016 comes, um, she, her and Brandon basically told us that we had to leave. Um, I don't know if you know, but when you are a felon, it takes more than six months to get on your feet. <laughs> it takes mm -hmm. more than six months to even be able to find a stable job. While I was there, she promised me that she could get me on at the church working at the church. I didn't ask her for shit. I wasn't looking for a handout. Give me the resources and I'll work the resources myself. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what friends do anyway. I was looking right. for help so that I can help myself because I ain't never been no lazy bitch. I ain't never Just been put me in a position to network and work the sources. Put me in a position because you have, you have the resources. You see, I'm struggling. You see, I'm getting up every day, going to try. It's not like I'm laying up in your house not doing shit, bitch. You see, I'm I'm up here. I'm trying to do what I need to do. You know where I come from. You know I come from making good money, working Fortune 500 company. You promised me you could give me a job at the church. You promised me you could get a job. You could give me at the job up at the warehouse, but you didn't. But you can get your husband on. You can get Artrion, you can get, you can get um, Jaleesia on, Shane on, you can get uh, everybody. I was going to say it's job. not a far stretch because Brandon it's did work stretch. for the church and all your that. Your parent owns this church. Your your parent owns this warehouse. You didn't give me any job in the church. You know what I'm saying? You did not help me to keep me down. That's why you didn't mm -hmm. help me. You didn't help me to keep me down. To keep me in the same place so that you can fulfill your manipulative order you have said to take my child. And I figured all that out while I was there. So by the time we left, when we was leaving and packing up, the only reason why I didn't take Jason is because I thought that I couldn't. See, understand me. I thought when I signed my rights over at the office that that was it. Was it was a done deal? You know what I'm saying? I didn't know by law it wasn't a done deal. By law, that was still my son. By law, I could have got them papers and ripped them up and said, "This is not what I want to do," and I'm taking my baby. And by law, it was nothing that she could do. I didn't know that. So my goal was I was trying to stay right. I didn't want to be wrong because when it came to court, I didn't want that to be able to be used against me. So let me against do everything the, right. So let me do everything the right way. Not realizing how corrupt they are and how many people they really have in the judicial system here in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, that works for them that they have in their pocket. I didn't know, I knew I was going up against a giant. I didn't know how big of a giant that I was actually going up against, but I knew that I was going to fight for my baby. That's all I could tell you. So we go to, we go to that and, you know, I leave by law because I was the one taking care of Jason. I, I by law had care custody and control because I was getting up feeding Jason. I was changing Jason's diaper. I was taking Jason to daycare. I was supplying his food. I kept him with the medical coverage. She didn't cover Jason's medical insurance. I did this. So I was already, I already 
even if I signed my rights over, but because I was doing it, if if I was to take her to court, I would have standing because I'm mm-hmm. the one keeping him covered by medical and I'm I'm taking care of him with care, custody and control. I'm in the home six months or more. I was there for more than six months. I know this stuff now. <laughs> I wish I would. But you didn't then, know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time. No. So technically, they wasn't even supposed to be able to file any type of paperwork in court because my son had not been there six months or more. She filed paperwork September of 2016. I had just moved out in June of 2016. By law, the child has to be separated from me for six months or more before you file any type of paperwork in the court concerning the child. And that wasn't the case. And that should have been my first indicator that I'm not going to win this on this level. So I got a lawyer thinking that the lawyer was for me. The lawyer was not for me. I truly believe they paid them off. They worked. They was in cahoots because who, if you go through a preliminary hearing, you sign stuff saying of what you agree to speak on in court and what you don't agree to speak on in court, that it's signed by you, that it's signed by the other attorney and that is signed by the judge so why in your opening statement would you mention anything about tdj knowing that you agreed not to speak about tdj and then why would you agree not to speak on tdj and his finances when my son has been around tdj and his finances my son has been to bishop's them house my son has been to the potter's house my son has, you have to be able to speak about this shit in this type of case, in this type of court. You have to, to make it make sense. It's conducive to your client. It's conducive to me. So why would you even on top not agree to, to speak on that? Because you was paid off. Because y'all got into cahoots together. You and the judge, the judge, the judge that actually presided over the case knew Cora's attorney very well. They would talk about their husbands. They would talk about their kids. You know what I'm saying? So one day, mm. I asked my attorney, Jer- Jer- Jerome Sturski, who was my attorney at the time, I'm like, they know each other? Because the conversation yeah, like, was... Tea? <laughs> I'm like, so they know each other? He was like, well, we, we all know the judge, but that's just, you know, from working here at the court. But I'm like, no... Not the way that conversation is. Y'all know each other outside the court. You know, so then he started saying how he didn't go get my medical records. He said, I'm just going to get them from them because it's going to be the same thing. And we need to have the same thing that they have, which didn't make sense to me because I'm telling you they're master manipulators. So they Yeah, I'm telling you that they're, they're forging paperwork. They can forge paperwork. Why wouldn't you go get the original medical records? Why wouldn't you go do that? And then you expect for me to keep paying you? Nah. So when he threw that case and that case was thrown, you know, that's when I knew. And then when he did not want to hand over my case files, my records after the first trial, I kind of was like, I had to fight to get my records i ended up getting all the records but i had to fight to get the records so yes i so believe the, that first case gets thrown and that is the case that now allows them to keep jason right so now it's in now we're in limbo 
right? But mind mm-hmm. you, I still had my rights. What I should have did was filed a motion to remove my son out of that care temporarily while we were in court fighting this based on the fact that my rights have not been terminated. I still have rights to my son means I still have the right to see him. I still have the right to for him to be with me and ask the court for him to remain with me until the case is over. So they And that's again something that you learn. So what they did essentially by throwing the case, it gave it time for Jason to be apart from me for six months or more. Mm-hmm. So when we came back around to trial, now it makes now it makes the paperwork valid, right? And that's how they got away with it. Because um, when we went back to trial, I represented myself because I did not financially have the funds to hire another lawyer. Mind you, the world doesn't know what's going on right now. So I don't even have the support, the the uh, money like the support public. system. The put, right, I don't have the support that I have. I have my, my mom, my aunt, my kids, my sister, my brother. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. Um, But I was a mother still determined to fight for her baby. I was a mother still determined that I didn't care what I had to do, that I was going to fight for my child. So we go to court, second trial. um, The judge manipulated me. The lawyer manipulated me. The court system manipulated me. The judge um, didn't allow a new discovery period and you're supposed to allow that because it's a new trial. It's not, it wasn't a continuous of trial. It was a new trial because I was trying to get, I was trying to subpoena for call records. I was trying to subpoena for text message records. I was trying to subpoena Facebook so that I can get the messages from the closed account of her sending me the adoptive stuff to actually prove my case. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. didn't allow me to do that, but by law she had to allow me to do that. So you're saying so that was, they took advantage of the fact that you were representing yourself. They took the advantage of the fact that I was pro se. Absolutely. And so that's why we are here where we are here. And since then, um like I was supposed to have visitations with my son. Cora would not let me see him. Cora will not let me talk to him. It's like she tries to try to label me as inconsistent, but how can I be consistent when one month you'll let me talk to him and then the next month I can't have any kind of any type of communication with, with, with him. One month you'll let me see him and then the next month I don't even know where y'all are, what's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So um I and I've seen that you say so that online. So was the was the visitation part of was it court ordered, or was that court yes. just saying I will it allow was you court to see order visitation? So she okay. was standing in the way of your legal visitation time. My legal visitation, right? Because okay. if I didn't have, if I didn't consecutively have visit with him for six months, she could then say, I don't want her to visit with him at all i don't want her to talk because it's inconsistent because it's inconsistent absolutely but that that is hard when you have a kid who um comes from someplace else and then they have family or whatever that has visitation when that doesn't happen there is like a hole that you have to pull that kid out of so 
if that were the case, if you were inconsistent and not showing up, that would make sense. Like, listen, this is disruptive to my household. I have to like right. basically, you know, rebuild my kids' emotional stability after this doesn't happen. Right. But the reason it's not happening, you're saying, is because she's not allowing it to happen. She's intervening to make me inconsistent, cutting gotcha. off communication, cutting off access. Um, what she had been doing, even in 2015, when I would come over. I remember one time coming over, and they wouldn't even let me in the door. She had Jaleesia, Shane Gregory's right. She had Jaleesia Gregory at the door, and at the time, this lady named Rachel, prevent me from coming in to see my son. Oh, no, you're not getting here. Like, they was about to fight me. You know what I'm saying? So now this at this is, point, uh, are you recording this? Are you getting record of the fact that like I'm showing up and I'm not being allowed in? Yeah, or I mean, we I had would, a scheduled date and this wasn't. I happening? would have somebody with me, but I don't think in my mind it said to record, right? Mm, but it was mm -hmm. definitely somebody with me. If it wasn't somebody with me, I was on the phone with my sister. You know what I'm saying? And it's text messages because when I will leave, you know, I get the text. I, I, nah, I, I text like I don't appreciate the way that you're handling me. You got, oh, I do got messages though. I got messages from Corey and I discussing those events while we was going through court. I'm like, bro, you had these people. They were not gonna fight you, Michelle. I said, but that you were, they were preventing me from coming in to see see my child. So even if I don't have recordings, baby, I got I got messages. Sure do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. So I got messages. So you you come forward, you say I can't fight this anymore. I'm I'm going to take it to the court of public opinion. I'm putting my story online. Does mm -hmm. that how does that then affect your relationship with Jason? Are they are they mad that you came forward? Are they retaliating, not letting I, you visit? I, Where do things stand after that? When I before that people knew who I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Or well, once once Before, you clarify, once you clarify, you come online, you make that video. When I came online in twenty twenty two to put a name on it, I hadn't seen mm -hmm. or spoken to my child since twenty eighteen. Yeah, try. I tried reaching out. I tried talking. I tried to reach out to first lady. I tried to reach out to Cora, to Brandon. I remember one time I talked to Brandon, and it was like 2018, 2019. I was telling him like, "Yo, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want a relationship with my son. I want to see my son." And he prayed with me and said that we was gonna work on doing it. Nothing. Um, I had messages between Cora and I where she we was supposed to set up a meeting to talk, and she kept making excuses to why it couldn't happen. I have messages. I've reached out. I've tried. And I think that's another thing where I just got fed up and tired. Like, fuck y'all. I'm finna just tell I'm finna tell it all. Because now y'all got an accused alleged rapist in the house with my child. I don't know what's going on. I've been trying to get in contact with, you know, my my child. I've been reaching out to Bishop, Jermaine, Jamar, Dexter, Sarah. Hell, I even messaged Torrey. I don't even know that man. But I was willing to go <laughs> 
and he came to the church, he got kicked out, got trespassing and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't just start They kicked you yet. off the church they grounds? They kicked me off the church property. They kicked me off so, the church property. So, naturally, you're like... All right. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking to my son. Y'all not playing fair. What am I holding on to the name for? Let's just let's just put what it all to? out there. And and I gave him a warning. I kept giving him warnings. It's crazy because I got when I was, I put it on when I write under the comment I screenshot it. So and the messages that I said I screenshot because you know I. I just don't trust them when it comes to internet. Probably try to delete shit through. I don't know. So I screenshot. So I got messages like, "Hey, I'm trying to get in contact with my son. Hey, I just I'm trying to talk to my son. Like, hey, Cora is not answering me. Can y'all talk to her for me? I remember in January, I messaged Sarah. I messaged Sarita. I messaged Bishop. I messaged Jamar, and I messaged Jermaine. I don't know, I kind of kept Dexter a little bit out of it because he's a younger brother, so he definitely don't know what's really going on. I was just on. about to say, he the youngest. Y'all old asses, y'all know what the fuck going on. And Sarah, you know what the fuck going on. You know that your sister is wrong, dead ass wrong. But you in the position that you in, so you got to keep your mouth closed. But Sarah know what's up. Uh, I know Sarah too. It ain't just, I know Cora. I know Sarah. I know Sarah Dion Jakes. Her middle name is Dion. I know Sarah too, very well. Okay, it ain't, it ain't just Cora, okay? And people be like, why you always having to say them? Because they should hold her the fuck accountable. And when you don't hold her accountable, you come just a part of the mess as she is. When y'all uplift her and her wrong, you become just a part of the problem and she is. So that's why. But I told them all in January of 2022, I said, I have been reaching out for years, trying to talk to my baby, trying to see my son, and it's falling on deaf ears. So what I'm going to tell y'all is this, get y'all house in order because I am coming. Get ready, get ready, get up. ready. I told him that. I left it in the comments. I sent it in a message. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to come out how it came out in May of 2022. Mm -hmm. I just know I was getting fed up. And I just know it was a stirring going on in my spirit and going on in my soul. And I just knew that I was not going to go another year without seeing my son, without talking to my son. That it had reached a point to a boiling point where I'm fed the fuck up. And I'm not finna keep trying to save y'all people and save y'all name because y'all don't want to do right. Or because, you know, all I'm trying to do everything biblical or because I'm trying to do, the, do it the right fuck that. Y'all playing dirty, I'm going to play dirty. Y'all don't want to answer me. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't want to respond to me. This shit came out the way it came out because I'm a mother and I'm tired. I'm tired of going in the float of how the river, I have to go against the grain because I'm not getting anything that that I deserve and that I need trying to go the way the river is going. And they just got me, and I'm just tired. I was just tired. I was fed up. I was hurt. I was distraught. I didn't know what the fuck was going on in that household. I didn't know 
what was true wasn't true. I just know my kids hadn't experienced that, you know. And so I had talked to Jason from 2018 until, until this year. This year. So you just spoke to him this year. So you had not spoken to him from 2018 to 2020, uh, 2022, excuse me, when everything came out. And then you still did not talk to him. You have not spoken to him until May of this year, 2023. Yeah. We talked. Well, let me take that back. November, Thanksgiving, we talked. And then no communication. <laughs> It went back to her and not answering her phone. Her not responding he, to text messages. When when you do speak to him and there there are gaps in between and I get that, but when you do speak to him, how does he seem? Is is he, he happy? He, because as wrong as this is, it's very much an adult issue. So is he oblivious? It's an adult issue. And that's why I got so mad when I found out that she was allowing him to be online reading what was going on because he's at the time he's eight so you have the control of what he sees and what he hears mm -hmm. the fact that you would do that is to be manipulative to spin your own narrative this has nothing to it has everything about jason but this is an adult issue and they tell your ass that in court in court, when you're going through a custody battle, you can't even tell the child what's going on. You're not supposed to. You know, how do I know this? And I'm no lawyer, and I know that. <laughs> you're not. And I also had to fight for my other child, which I got, by the way. Because I don't know what the fuck people think going on. I'm going to fight for my kids. Y'all got me fucked up. But I had to mm -hmm. I had to fight for my oldest child. Because um, her daddy decided he was going to come back 11 years later. And try to regulate some shit. Now you ain't doing that shit either. So I and I won. I have full custody. I have full custody. <laughs> Stop this shit. After Jason, well, nobody ever be able to take no child from me. You got me And it's not. Gonna I happen. definitely understand that. Once, so, once you've been played in a certain manner, you like, yeah, that, that'll gonna, be the last time. You can try it all day long, and it will never happen again. Cause I'm gonna make sure I do you how I should have did the first one. I'm gonna make sure all my uh, what's it called? Eyes is dot and T's across. Like I should did the first one. So yeah, we talked in November. Then goes to gas. But when Jason does talks to me, he's so excited. You can tell it. You can see it on his face. He doesn't want to get off the phone. He he talks about everything and nothing at all. <laughs> sometimes I find sometimes he just sits there and stares and look at me in my face, and I can just tell like. He's looking at my facial features and he's comparing them to his. He's looking at his brother and sister like, wow, this is my family. This is where I come from. This is where I belong. Mm -hmm. um, what she be trying to say that he be saying, it be complete opposite. Like she be trying to make him say like he don't love me. She be trying to make him say like he don't want to talk to me. She be trying to make him say all these things. But when that boy gets on the phone with me, he lights up like a Christmas tree. When he talking to his sisters that and his brothers, he lights up like a Christmas tree. So it don't matter what you do or what you try to tell. That's what that's the only thing that keeps me peace right now. Like that is the 
only thing that keeps me peace is because if 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 I wasn't if I didn't have those conversations with him and I was just could go based off what she says, I would be shattered. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because I know how my baby like even when I saw him ill for the first time this year since 2018 for his birthday. The way that boy hugged me, the way that he didn't want to let me go, the way that he didn't want me to leave, I couldn't even go to the bathroom. Mm. The excitement and the joy when he seen me, the way he follows me around that room, you can't tell me my baby don't love me. You can't tell me my baby don't want a relationship with me. You can't tell me that my baby don't want to be around his siblings when we're talking and having conversations. He's making plans. Well, mama, well, mama ain't Cree birthday coming up. What are we doing for Cree birthday? I'm going to see if I can come to Cree birthday. You know what I'm saying? And that was the last time mm. I talked to him. I haven't talked to him since July. You know, so you can't tell me this little boy. Doesn't love you. No. Go ahead. And and you know what that is. I was going to say, I saw, I think it was yesterday on your Instagram and you you were attempting to call him and he wasn't answering. You were just leaving. Every day or every other day because she... I'm not gonna continue to allow her this this narrative that uh, this inconsistent narrative that um, she mm -hmm. always has tried to do in the past. I'm done allowing it. So I, I if I don't call every day, every day I might skip two days, but baby, I'm back on it. I know you're not gonna answer the phone. I know you're not gonna let him respond, but I'm gonna keep calling. Every time I call, I take a picture and I send it to this email I have created for him that I message him there because if I message him on the email that you have for him, he's not going to get it. He's not going to read it. <laughs> you're going to make sure that he doesn't get it. Or you're going to try to manipulate it. So I took, um, Miss Curtis advice and I created an email for him where I can just, it's like a diary from me to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, let him know, like, I don't care what you are being told. I love you so much. And I am fighting for you. And I am calling you. And I am texting you. And I am trying to be there. And I am trying to be a part of your life. Because when it comes to adoptive children, right, they have these feelings like, why you didn't love me? Or why like you Like they were thrown me? away. Like you were just thrown away. And I don't want you to ever think that. And I don't want you to ever feel that. You know what I'm saying? The children in my home, I'm not raising with childhood trauma. They don't have childhood trauma. They don't have trauma of mama's not there or daddy's not there or we're getting beat or we're going without lights or we're going without water or, you know what I'm saying, we're being abused or we're being raped or we're being molested. They don't have childhood trauma because I'll... 
the childhood trauma I went through, I was breaking that shit when it came to my kids. You know what I'm saying? Before it's Jason, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to have that. And I have to make it clear to him that you were always loved. You were always wanted. You was always cared for. I always fought for you. I always wanted you. You know what I'm saying? I never threw you away. I never gave you up. I never gave up on you. I never gave up on my fight for you. It was never me. It was always them. And I and he I have to let him know that. You know, and I have to let him know how his siblings feel. And because it's not just me that's affected by this. Jason has siblings on on my side and on his father's side. His dad has uh five of the kids. I have four of the kids. There's nine kids. There's nine siblings that Jason has that he is not being allowed to have a relationship with. And that speaks volumes to those people's characters and to who they are at heart. And I just refuse for my son to, once he's able to grow up and to really know you know, because I don't know how things are going to play out in court. I can only trust God and hope that the righteous develop much. But in the mm-hmm. event that things don't play out how they should play out, according to the truth and according to the law, my son is going to come looking for me because every adopted child does it. Every adopted child goes and tries to find their biological family. And every boy looks for his mama. Okay? And I want to be able to not only tell him, but show him. Nah, baby. Mm -hmm. I never gave up. I never gave in. I never threw in the towel. Now, this ain't what happened. This is what happened. So that when it comes time for his healing, because he's going to have to heal. See, I think in the future, right? Because when you find out, when he grows up to know the truth for himself, that's going to be traumatic for him. It is. And I want him to be able to heal properly. So, you know, that's the only thing that brings me peace is knowing that it don't matter what you say, Cora, what you do, Cora, how you try to keep him from me. I know my son loves me because of the way he lights up when he speaks to me, the way he lights up when he talks to me, the way he lights up when he sees me and his siblings. You can't tell me that he doesn't want to be around, you know. And the other thing that keeps me peace is that knowing that regardless of how things shake up, He's going to come looking for me and I'm going to have every answer that he needs. And that's all I can do at this point. That's it. Mm. All I can do. That is all that you can do. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing this, your story. Thank you. thank you for not not giving up because... There are so many moments in this story where you could say, 
Well, that's where I fucked up, and I fucked up, so. You know what I mean? Well, the fact that go. you get up every single day and, and fight for your kid is honorable, and it takes a strength that I I don't even know where you pull that from. I don't, okay. especially while you still have to parent other kids. You know what I mean? While you still, it, it's not like you have this luxury of having one kid and now you live your life as a woman with no children. You know what I mean? It would still hurt. It would still be wrong. But you're you you still have to parent in the it's midst hard. of fighting for a kid. Isn't that- it's not easy because it's not just my emotions I have to deal with. I have to deal with their emotions too because it's not like Jason was born and then he was just gone. No, mm-hmm. they they had a bond. They was around. You know what I'm saying? They know who their brother is. They lived with their brother. They communed with their brother. So it's not just mm-hmm. my emotions that I have to take care of I have to hold them when they're having just one of those days and they're missing their brother Cree Cree yes amongst all of them because her and Jason are 10 months apart and her and Jason were like this they did everything together so Cree Cree it hits harder on her than it does the other kids it hits her the most. Sometimes I walk into her room and my baby is crying. And I'm just like, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong, Creek? And she's just like, mama, I really miss my brother. You know what I'm saying? It's days mm. where my oldest is just sitting and looking in the days. And I'm like, what's going on, Naya? Oh, mama, nothing, just thinking about Jason. I have to hold them as well as trying to hold myself. Yeah. I would not wish this on my worst enemy. And my worst enemy is Cora and Monet. And I wouldn't even wish this, like if they had a child, somebody coming and taking their baby. To experience this type of pain is is a it's a totally different level. It feels like a death, but the baby is still living. So it's an ongoing agony, aching pain that never rests, that never settles, that never goes away. You know, and then my mom is crazy as she is grandparents have pain too mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah grandparents have, my it, mom is not a deadbeat grandparent you know <laughs> so grandparents have pain too i have to take in her frustration i have to take in her anger i have to take in her hurt you know despite whatever me and my mom has been been through you know, and that shit is just her, her just, feeling. Jason's dad, Jason's mom. There, like you said, that this is a very tangled web. It, it's very tangled. Um, to anybody listening who may hear this, if you had to sum all of this up in two minutes, what 
do you want the people to know? If God gave you life, he gave you that life. That means that he equipped you, even in the darkest of your times, to carry that life, to protect that life, to nourish that life, and to guide that life. And don't let nobody ever make you feel like it's the opposite. Fight for what you believe in. Stand on truth at all times. The truth is going to outlive and outweigh any lie, any story, anything. Even when it's hard, have faith, trust God. And believe that all things, all things will work together for your good. Nothing in life is easy. Some things are hard. Some things are harder. But nothing in life is easy. But be true to who you are. Be true to yourself. Find strength in God. And know that if God be for you, who can be against you? And sometimes it's easier said than done. But as long as you're walking with God, and as long as God is walking with you, you're going to get through every dark tunnel to that light at the end. And it might not seem like it, but I am a living testimony um, that it is. I went from not having nothing to now being able to walk into a four bedroom, two bed, two car garage house, having a vehicle to Talk be able to, to take wherever they need to go, having a good job. And I'm also an entrepreneur and I'm also an author. So I didn't been through the trenches and I came out okay. And even though I'm still fighting for my child, ain't nobody in my household lacking or wanting anything because it's all supplied so if you just keep going if you just keep pressing towards the mark i promise it's victory on the other side i you couldn't have told me in 2014 2013 walking across the street that i'll be living in an upstairs downstairs house in 2023 i couldn't been able to see it but i am a living witness that faith without works is dead. Mm. And if you have a mustard seed of faith, that you can move a mountain. And if you just keep that and keep going with that and keep fighting, never give up, never give up on your children, never give up on yourself. Know that God is not discouraged in you. And as long as he, he's not discouraging you, it doesn't matter what the world says. 
you know, find a tribe, find a good support system, find people that will uplift you and encourage you and tell you the truth that are not yes men or yes women, but will actually hold you responsible and accountable so that you can reach the highest of the heights and be all that you're called to be to the mothers, to the fathers that are fighting for your children that were done wrong, that genuinely deserve to have their kids keep fighting, keep fighting. Keep fighting, keep fighting, because it's going to be worth it in the end for the sake of your child. To the fathers who are being alienated because of the mama's attitude or whatever the case may be, do not let that determine your relationship with your child. Fight for your child. To the moms who have gone through mental mental depression, physical depression, postpartum depression, a depressive state, and your kids were either taken by family members or by the state, you still have the power to restore yourself and get your kids back and keep fighting. And as long as people are standing with me, I'm going to stand with them. And we're going to stand on the truth because the truth always prevails. Mm. Yes. Prevail with much. <laughs> okay. Period. <laughs> the truth stands on its I own have... and it does no help. My grandmother used to say that all the time. The truth don't need no help. Truth don't need no help. Truth don't need no help. Um, not, not one bit. <laughs> not, one not one bit. Um, <laughs> tell us where we where we can support you, how we can find you, all of that good stuff. Uh, on Facebook, I'm under Michelle Lau. Um, Instagram is the Michelle Lau as well as threads on twitter is the loud michelle um tiktok is the michelle loud <laughs> and um is that all the platforms i think so that's all the platforms yeah. i'm not giving out my snapchat that's the one no, space don't. i got where I please don't <laughs> nah i ain't even snapchat that's the one space <laughs> i got rocking you know be myself a little bit. Um, um, but how you can donate. I have a website. It's uh, michellelau.org. And um, you can find all things concerning my fight with Jason on there, including the documentary series that I have out that's on YouTube. And um, you can also purchase my book. I have a book called Dare to Stand out and you can purchase that um, through my website or amazon.com. The proceeds do go to my fight for my son with Jason because it is a fight that requires money <laughs> and it's an yes. expensive fight because of who I'm dealing with. Um, you can also donate through my GoFundMe and it's actually linked on my Instagram or you can donate through Cash App, and that's Love in the First. It's L-O-V-E-I-N-T-H-E-F-I-R-S-T. Uh, proceeds do go to the uh, management team and the legal team for the legal fees. And I do provide receipts 
because I believe in being transparent and I believe in being authentic and I believe in being honest. And this is too dear to my heart not to do right by the people that's helping me fight for my son. So that's how you can help. That's how you can find. Oh, we have shirts. Um, we have t-shirts. We have Bree Jason Home t-shirts. Let's be clear. Uh, t-shirts. We have a Dare to Stand t-shirts. We're getting mugs together. We're about to have um, like little the little rubber bracelet things. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can, right, you can um, send me a, right now, my, the Bring Jason Home email got hacked. I don't know how it got hacked, but it got hacked. So I have to create mm-hmm. another email for that. So, but as, <laughs> but as of right now, you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want a shirt with your name, and your email and your number, shipping and address quantity of shirts you want, and I will send you an invoice, and you'll be able to pay. As soon as you pay, we'll be able to get the shirts out the next following week, as well as the hard copy books. We're working. We're we're no we're, we are, big working. We're, we're working. We're working. <laughs> it's not and, a it, game. and it never it's gave working. that you weren't. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't no. be sitting here if I thought you was playing. Wouldn't be sitting. <laughs> Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Michelle, I really cannot thank you enough for coming and sharing your story. I I commend you. Thank you. I I really, 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 really do. As as a mom. No, but as a mom, and again, our little ones are the same age. I I went through postpartum. That thing hit me like a Mack truck. And I... Mm -hmm look back at certain moments and I don't remember stuff. Like I know that I was not there. This is my experience. You know what I mean? Nobody was trying to get over on me at that time. And I know the mental clarity that I did not have. So when you take that and you compound it with everything that is your story, it's just frustrating because that, that, that was somebody that was supposed to be there to help. You know what I mean? Um, And it wasn't supposed to go this way, but it did. And you're using your voice. And a lot of people don't do that. So thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your honesty. Um, And yeah, Yeah. so the stripper's listening. Thank you. If, (laughs) of course, of course. Thank you for this happen. Thank you for giving me a, a platform too continue to share my story because sometimes I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel like the support has died down or people have forgot, but, you know, I try to not let that get to me. I try to just keep pushing. So thank you. Thank you for keeping this story alive and keeping it in the forefront and keeping it before people because that's that really helps a lot, you know. Absolutely. Um, to the strippers, if you out, are out there suffering um, from postpartum, please, number one, know that you're not alone. Please know that there are resources um, that can help you. You don't have to suffer by yourself. Um, child, it is free 99 to be a good person out in this world. If you can't do that, that is okay. Keep your bad energy to yourself. Um, until next week. <laughs> Ha <laughs>
to your motherfucking self, amen? (laughs) (laughs) Until next week, I am El Marisaki. Thank you for being here, for listening to this story. If you hear this story and you feel so compelled to share it with somebody, please do. Um, If you hear this story and you feel compelled to donate, please do. Um, Whatever you're moved to do, any little bit helps. Um, Mm -hmm. So we appreciate you. 